like to thank Pastor Gabi for giving me the opportunity to preach again this morning. My first thought was to preach on the gospel lesson because it's a little interesting to me that as Jesus says, the Son will make you free, the people say, we have never been in bondage to anyone. And I wonder about the Egyptians and the Babylonians and the Assyrians and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Philistines and the Greeks and of course the Romans whose very barracks is standing within view of where they stand in the temple. And it occurs to me that sometimes we forget the truth. And that's really what I want to talk about this morning is forgetting the truth and I want to talk about two different reformers who bring us back to the truth. One you may suspect and the other one you may not. So let's look at the Old Testament lesson this morning. The Old Testament lesson comes from the prophet Jeremiah, from Jeremiah 31. And Jeremiah has this very optimistic vision of the future where he sees that God will gather Israel and Judah. He will gather them back to him. He will make a new covenant with them, unlike the covenant that their fathers broke. He will write their law, his law rather, on their hearts and on their minds. Everyone will know the Lord. They will all be forgiven and they will all be obedient. And that is pretty good news. Especially from a prophet who spent a lot of his time giving us not good news. If you've read a lot of Jeremiah and of the book of Lamentations, which is written by Jeremiah, you might guess that anybody who writes a book called Lamentations has a lot of bad news to bring. And that's because when Jeremiah was prophet, he is not describing the time that he lives in. Jeremiah was a prophet during the last three of the kings of Judah before the Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah becomes a prophet in the, king, in the reign of the king Josiah, Josiah the reformer, the first of the two reformers that I want to talk about. Josiah is an interesting king because he becomes king when he is only eight years old. When he is 21 years old, Jeremiah is called to be a prophet. He's called as a young man himself to be a prophet and to bring forward to the word to the people of the things that they need to repent, the things they need to change. Five years later, though, is what I want to focus on because five years later, something very interesting happens, one of the most interesting stories in the Old Testament. Josiah the king, in the routine course of his business, sends people to the temple of God to talk to the priests and to collect the monies that are owed the people have brought in for the upkeep of the temple. It's a very routine thing. They do it all the time. And he sends his messengers over there. They collect the monies. They, you know, I assume do some other administration things while they're there. They talk to the priests. And while they're talking to the priests and the people at the temple, they say, by the way, we found a book. Apparently they were cleaning up for the rummage sale or whatever they do at the temple. And they had discovered this book. And they send it back with the messengers to King Josiah. And so the messengers come back to the king and they say, you know, things are good at the temple. We need a new roof or they, whatever they do, all the regular stuff. And they say, by the way, we also got this book from the people while we we're there. The priest gave us this book. And so Josiah says, read it to me. And what they read to him is the book of the law. Now, it would seem to you probably not very odd that they would find the book of the law in the temple. That would be a bit like finding a Bible in a church. So the odd part of the story is not that they found the book of the law, but they had lost it. And when I say they had lost it, I don't mean they had lost this particular book, these particular scrolls. I mean they had forgotten the law of God. They had forgotten it so much 
that when Josiah hears it read, he tears his robes because he is so in anguish because he realizes how much God is angry at them because all of the commandments that they have not kept. And there was one particular commandment that they had trouble with, and for those that we don't have confirmants at this service, who I will pick on, so I'll pick on the rest of you. Uh, does anyone remember what the first commandment is? A little louder. No other gods before me. Okay, that was, that was a fairly important commandment, can we admit. Now, let's go back to what Jeremiah wrote. Jeremiah writes that in the future, God will gather together Israel and Judah and he will make a new covenant with them. We have to understand at the time that Jeremiah writes this, the kingdom of Israel is gone. It has been wiped off the face of the earth. It has been gone for more than a generation before Jeremiah is even born. And it is gone because they have forgotten that first commandment. A little background on this. Solomon, you may remember, built a temple, smart guy, had a son, he was a fool. He did not listen to the wise counsel of his elders, and he made things harder on the people than even his father had. And the ten northern kingdoms of Israel rebelled against him and formed a separate kingdom. And the kings in Israel, the northern kingdom versus the two tribes down in Judah, had a problem. And their problem was that they understood that if they continued to worship the one true God, that their people would go down to this lovely temple that Solomon had built in Jerusalem, which is in Judea, in Judah, and they would eventually, their loyalties would return to Judah as well. And so they began, for the sake of political expediency, to worship other gods. And God sent them over hundreds of years, prophet after prophet after prophet, they ignored all of them, killed some of them, and drove the rest into exile. Until God finally said he was done with them, took his protection away, and the kingdom of Assyria came, and some 50 to 70 years before Jeremiah was even born, they took them away, and they have never been seen again since. The kingdom of Israel, that 10 northern tribes are gone. Disappeared from history. And Josiah, when he hears these words, realizes that that same fate is ready for the kingdom of Judah because they have been only slightly more faithful to God than the northern tribe, ten tribes. And God, in fact, says to Josiah, because you reacted the way you did, because you understood the truth of the situation when you heard it, it won't happen during your lifetime. I'm going to take this people off into captivity into Babylon, but not while you're king. And so for one brief shining moment, there is a reformation during the reign of Josiah as people come back to the truth, they come back to the word of God that they have rediscovered, and they come back to the worship of God, and they remember God. Now, if we skip forward 2,000 years, we get another reformer that you may be a little more familiar with. You may have heard of Martin Luther. Um, and just briefly, his story, he becomes a monk in 1505. And you've probably heard the story. He becomes a monk because in the middle of a thunderstorm, he fears for his life. He calls out to one of the saints and says, if you will save me, I will become a monk. He lives through the thunderstorm, and true to his word, he leaves his job as a lawyer and becomes a monk. Now, Martin Luther doesn't become a monk in seclusion like some do, but he becomes a pastor of a church. And he starts in 1510 
a series of sermons on the book of Romans, what we read this morning. Now, when I say a series of sermons on Romans, it was, I would have to say, probably a fairly thorough study of the book of Romans because it took him 10 years. He preached on Romans, I'm not quite sure if it was every Sunday, but he preached on Romans from 1510 to 1520. So he got fairly familiar with the book of Romans. And as he studied Romans, he realized over the course of time that the people of God in his day had again forgotten some of the basic truths of God. But different ones in this time. What we, the lesson we get from the prophet Jeremiah and from Josiah's time is that God does care about what we do. That our actions are significant. And they remembered that part. But what they had forgotten was that we are not saved by our actions. We are saved by the act of loving God, who when we could not save ourselves, sent his son to die in our place. So we are saved by grace. And that was the truth that he realized, he came to believe that the church had forgotten about. The church that at this point was doing things like selling salvation so they could build St. Peter's in a little indulgence that you could buy. And so he took 95 different complaints that he had about the church, things that he wanted to debate, and wrote them up in Latin, the scholarly language, so they could debate them and nail them on the church door. You may have heard that story. And then, of course, that gets translated into German, gets printed on the new printing presses, and becomes the spark of the flame that we call the Reformation. If we put the two truths together that we learn from Luther and that we learn from Josiah and Jeremiah, we learn that we serve a loving God who saves us, who loves us as we are today, without one change. That there's nothing we need to do to earn the love of God. That he loves us as we are today and saves us as we are today, but that we serve a God who loves us so much that he doesn't leave us as we are today. He instead, he sends his Holy Spirit that we may be continually inspired by discovering the truth in the scripture, as the people in Josiah's time did, as the people in Luther's time did. Rediscover the truth in the scriptures. And that's why our confirmants, for instance, have spent so much time studying the Bible here. They have spent time understanding the commandments, which they forgot over here. They've spent time reading Luther's catechism, which he wrote so that parents could understand what to teach their children. And he spent time translating the Bible into the language of the people, which is why we just handed out Bibles to children, something that would have been very unusual in Luther's day. When he was a child, he wasn't handed a scripture, you could bet. For one thing, it wasn't even written in a language he could understand. But we believe that God sends his Holy Spirit and that the purpose of the Holy Spirit, that the act of the Holy Spirit is to continue to bring the truth to us and to continue to reform us, to continue to change us. And that reformation is not something that happened in the 1500s, but is something that the church of God is called to continue to do over every month, every week, and every day that God continues to send his Holy Spirit to reform his people and to make them into the people that he desires. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. 
Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.